Welcome back to the podcast of the Francis Asbury Society. This is episode 28. Today we're excited to welcome back Reverend Mike Powers to give our devotion. Mike gives us a timely and challenging call on apostleship. We are all sent just as Jesus was sent from the Father. Enjoy this devotion. Let me pray with you and then uh, take a look at, uh, at apostleship. Okay. Thank you, Lord, for this uh, prayer circle. Thank you for the many lives that are touched through these faithful servants. Thank you for the opportunity we have to pray together and to uh, experience uh, your life among us and in us and through us. We pray that you will uh, enlighten us as we share these moments uh, not only this devotional time, but in our sharing and our praying together, uh, we we need this, Lord. We need uh, to be reminded of who we are and what you've called us to do. And may we find encouragement uh, because of one another's presence, but especially because you're near uh, and you've called us to yourself. And then that brings us together. And we give you our praise for that. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. We've often said... We've preached, we've taught, we understand that uh, Jesus' invitation to discipleship is two words, follow me, just follow me, that's it. Um, That is so simple, it's so clear, it's non-negotiable, it's decisive. Uh, You either follow Jesus or you're not. I mean, that's that's discipleship. It's it's very simple in that way and very easy to understand. But what does that mean? What does does it mean? And uh, I want to cover several things today, uh, several passages to talk about that in the sense of, uh, of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, particularly in, in terms of apostleship. Uh, listen to this from Luke 4, uh, 18 and 19. Jesus' declaration as he began his public ministry uh, there in the synagogue at Nazareth the Lord, Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus said, he has sent me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has sent me. Uh, Jesus was the first apostle, if you think of it that way. He was the sent one. And all of our understanding of apostleship comes from Jesus' call as a disciple, uh, as as an apostle, uh, being sent. He has sent me. And then Jesus demonstrated what that meant, uh, what it meant to be sent. Now, it's interesting because the disciples weren't all that experienced uh, as apostles. They hadn't learned all that much. They'd seen it in Jesus. But then if you flip over to Luke 9, first two verses, Jesus begins this ministry of apostleship. Uh, first two verses. When Jesus called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out. He sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now, he began with these, we could call them greenhorns, where I can come from, uh, they, uh, they weren't all that prepared. They didn't have all understanding. They, in fact, they probably 
misunderstood at this point more than they understood. But Jesus sent them out. He gave them power and authority to do what he had been doing. He, he called them to himself and he sent them out. He, called, he sent out these followers of his to be culture changers, uh, to be sent out to proclaim the kingdom of God, to heal the suffering, to deliver and save the oppressed. What, what, a, what a tremendous thing. Now, I need to note this, that to be a follower of Jesus is to have an apostolic calling. That's the idea. To be a follower of Jesus is to have an apostolic calling to be sent out. To be sent out, uh, uh, they needed to be near him to hear that call, but then they had to obey that. So to be a follower of Jesus is to be near Christ, but then to be within earshot that when he says, I want you to go, you're ready to go. And uh, as he, uh, as the father had sent him, so he sent them. And so he sends us. He's the sender. Uh, he's the one uh, from whom we learn, but he's also the one whom we, whom we obey. Now, here's my concern. Uh, and I want to get back to this in just a moment, but my concern is, is that as the church, I think we become settlers rather than followers. You know what I mean by that? It's almost like we've settled into our lifestyle. We've settled into our comfort zone. We've settled into our churchianity to the place where now uh, it's, we sense, we, we talk more about membership than apostleship. We talk more about how many members we have than apostles. Uh, we think about how many people we've gotten into church rather than how many people we've sent out of the church. There's something about the sending part that we've we've kind of lost in all of this. It's almost like we've become complacent at the expense of being powerful. Jesus gave them all authority. He gave them authority and power to do what he had been doing. Uh, and yet somehow we've come to ignore the power and authority now by becoming settlers rather than apostles, rather than followers. Now, could it be that we've uh, we've just missed our call? We, we've we've not heard that. It's not been made clear to us. We don't hear it consistently. It's almost like, well, yeah, we know what apostles are. Those, those are the special people. Those are the missionaries. And yet, I don't see any difference when we think about discipleship. Jesus just said, follow me. He didn't have levels of discipleship there. He just said, follow me. And then he sent them out. As the Father sent me, so send I you. Uh, I think it's the, the point I'm making is it's almost like we've been on the sidelines. We've, we've taken ourselves out of the game and we're kind of observing now all those wonderful apostles who are doing great things. And yet uh, I think we're really at the point now where uh, we need a renewed call to apostleship. That is the same as discipleship in terms of being followers of Jesus. First uh, Corinthians uh, four Paul talks about his uh, his apostolic ministry. Let me first two verses there in 1 Corinthians 4. So then, men ought to regard us as servants of Christ, as those entrusted with the secret things of God. Now it is, is it is required that those who have been given a trust must be proven faithful. So how the world and others recognize us that see us as followers of Jesus, as servants, are those who are entrusted with the secrets of God. And, uh, 
And that means that we're sent out to, to talk about that. Now, there are three things. I want to I mention three, just share three things about three characteristics of apostleship that I see here. The first one is, is that we are fruitful. We are fruitful. Uh, you go back to, uh, well, we go forward, actually, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verses 11 and 12. Paul says this, I have made a fool of myself, but you drove me to it. I ought to have been commended by you, uh, for I am not in the least inferior to the super apostles, even though I am nothing. The things that mark an apostle, signs, wonders, and miracles were done among you with great perseverance. The signs and the wonders and the miracles were the evidence of Paul's apostleship. And he says that this is, this is the evidence that we are followers of Jesus, that we are sent out and we're doing the work of Jesus. And it's interesting that he did not get to decide what that expression would be. Isn't that interesting? He didn't get to decide, okay, I'm going to do these signs, or I'm going to do these wonders, or I'm going to do these miracles. He just went as an obedient servant, and he, get, he didn't get to decide what that meant to be a follower of Jesus. He just followed. And he says there, he said, uh, what was it? Uh, he said, I have made a fool of myself. <laughs> Because he wasn't in control. He was absolutely out of control and under the control of the spirit as one who was sent out. But here's the thing. He didn't discover the power of apostleship until he tried it. Until he tried it. In other words, it wasn't like, okay, I've got my acts and I've got my, my gifts and I've got my graces together and I'm going to go do apostle things. He just went out and did it. And, and signs and wonders and miracles followed. He didn't know what was going to come on. He became a fool in the eyes of many. But when he tried it, he became fruitful. I think that's the idea. The fruit comes in the trying. It doesn't come in the organization. Uh, the fruitfulness is the obvious demonstration of the ministry of Jesus. It's the evidence of the kingdom of God. When lives are healed and souls are saved and people are encouraged and uh, and the and the presence of Christ is real. So we can talk about fruitfulness a, a, a long time, but there's something about apostleship that really is evidenced in the dynamic witness of the spirit at work in and through us. That's unmistakably kingdom work, kingdom work. So we're fruitful. Second thing is, is that we are faithful. We are faithful. You know, we, we become part of a spiritual bloodline when we become followers of Jesus. And, and let me throw this out to you. We joined the apostolic succession. <laughs> How about that? Now, we think of the apostolic succession as, you know, started with Peter, and it's all the way down to our present pope. That's how some groups think of it. Others think of it, say, well, you know, I've seen uh, Methodist pastors who say, you know, that uh, John Wesley laid his hands on, you know, Francis Asbury. Francis Asbury laid his hand on some preacher, and some preachers laid his hand all the way down to the bishop that ordained them. You know, it's like an apostolic succession. That is true of every follower of Jesus. We are part of an apostolic succession because this, this call, this sent outness, how's that for a word? This sentness <laughs> is something that uh, it has come to believers, followers of Jesus throughout the generations. Uh, 
Jude chapter three. Some of y'all were at Hemlock Inn and heard uh, Andy Miller share on this, uh, Contenders of the Faith. Listen to verse three here. This is where Andy got his uh, title for his, his messages. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. So in our generation, in this culture, we have been entrusted with this message as part of the apostolic succession, the apostolic line. We contend for the faith that's been entrusted to us, and it's ours to share and not to control. And listen, it's not to memorialize. You know, Stan Key likes to point out in his writings often that Abraham built altars, but Jacob, before his wrestling match with God, built pillars, monuments to himself. There's a real difference in altars and monuments. And I just wonder, what is the witness of our ministry? Is it our churches that look like monuments or are they altars where the work of God is really going on because of the faithfulness? Of the, of the saints, the followers of Jesus, the, the apostles who are being sent out, transforming the world. So we're fruitful as, as apostles. We are faithful and we are forward-looking. We are forward-looking. Uh, Hebrews 3, let me share the, a little longer passage here. First six verses. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus the apostle and high priest. So the writer of Hebrews calls Jesus the apostle and the high priest whom we confess. He was faithful to the one who appointed him and sent him, we might say, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of the house has greater honor uh, than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house if we hold to our courage and the hope of which we boast. I, I, I love that passage because it, it talks about Jesus as the apostle, the sent one, and also as the high priest, as the mediator, as our savior. Uh, it's his example, uh, but then there's Moses, who's a little closer to us. <laughs> you know, we, we identify a little bit more with Moses, obviously, and uh, and yet we see that Moses was found faithful, and yet it wasn't all about his moment. It was the how he was looking forward, having the courage and the hope, because of what the power and authority that was given him, the power and authority that Jesus has given us, we can be forward-looking. It's our authority to be redemptive and not decisive. Now, I want to emphasize that. Our authority and power is, is to be redemptive, not to prove that we're right on Facebook. Are you with me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Our witness is in our redemptive authority, our redemptive power. It's not by uh, politicizing and, uh, and, and being argumentative. The spirit of Jesus is always redemptive. Okay. 
And another thing just on this is that our culture is full of things that steal, kill, and destroy. And so our power and authority, as Jesus was sent, as he said in Luke 4, you know, to proclaim release, to announce good news, uh, to, uh, uh, to, to heal the land, to heal uh, the world. Uh, our culture is full of things that steal, kill, and destroy, that hurt and harm. And we go, we are sent where we are needed, where the Lord needs us. And so what do we say? We say, here I am, Lord. I'm your apostle. Send me. Now, let me wrap this up this way. Apostolic leaders are sent to be fruitful, faithful, and forward-looking with the gifts and graces of transformation, uh, the power and the authority to do more than just empathize, to say, oh, we understand, we affirm, we love, and, and to do more than just politicize, to try to make some kind of immediate results that fixes things with short-term solutions. I think the best illustration of this, just to wrap up with this, is where Paul pushes Timothy. Now, you know the verse, 2 Timothy 1.7, where God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. What was Paul doing there? He was telling Timothy, get back in the game. Get back in the game. You've been on the sideline. You've been watching. Get back in the game. You were called. You were called out. You were sent. Get back into the game. Get back into being a culture changer uh, because your sentness has never been revoked. Has never been revoked. Uh, Paul wrote to the Romans in 11.29, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance, the King James Version says. In other verses, it says, uh, are irrevocable. Friends, our apostleship is irrevocable. We can't sit on the sidelines. We can't just watch things go by and say, well, it's not our turn or it's not our time. We're sent. If we're followers of Jesus, we're sent. And uh, wherever that goes, we go. And the gifts and the fruit and the, uh, the grace follow. That's how faithful God is. So let's, let's go in the power and the authority and in the blessing of Jesus uh, as his followers, wherever that leads us. May the Lord be with us and help us do just that. Amen. Thank you, Mike, for that great word. This is a perfect time to remind you that Mike Powers has a book out, Prayers for the Journey. Many of you were blessed by Mike's daily prayer postings, and they are now in book format. I will put a link in our show notes to our FAS bookstore, where you can grab a hard copy of that. And if you're interested in the Kindle edition, that has just become available. And so I'll put a link to Amazon where you can pick that up. And we know that you will be continue to be blessed by Mike's prayer ministry. Thanks for checking us out. If at any time you need more information, you can always find us at our website, www.francisasburysociety.com. Have a great day.